Blog Talk Radio. It's our annual broadcast with our contest judges. We just launched our 18th annual poetry contest a couple of weeks ago. And uh, in, instead of having the, the open reading, which we typically have on uh, once a month on Sundays, which will be coming up in a couple of weeks, by the way, uh, we are lucky enough to have our judges with us on the phone. At least one of them is here. I'm hoping the, uh, the others will, will call in shortly uh, to talk with us about this year's contest about their experiences reading the poems that they've seen so far about uh we'll get to hear some of their poetry and uh, hopefully you'll have the chance if you're considering entering i hope you are uh, to get some insights from them about what it means to uh, about what they're looking for as they're reading through the poems that that uh, you're sending in seems to me to be pretty invaluable uh, information i don't know and about what they're looking for. listening. Maybe you have a question for them, too. Feel free to call in. The number is 646-667-362. Uh, again, it's not an open reading today. Please don't call uh, in to read a poem, but if you have a question directly for one of our contest, contest judges, more than happy to put you on there and have you ask it to them directly. Or perhaps you're shy and you don't want to actually speak with another human being this afternoon. That's okay. Um, if that's the case, feel free to, to send a Facebook message to me, uh, Rick Looper, that's me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and just click the message button and, and I'll see your message and I'd be happy to ask them the question directly as well. On your behalf, even anonymously, I won't even mention your name if that's what you prefer. So uh, before we get to the judge, judges, just a couple uh, bits of information. So first of all, um, Poetry Superhighway Live is, uh, I think we're seven years old at this point or maybe nine, I, I think I made a typo in my notes, I don't know. We're a number of years old and it's at least five. Let's put it that way. I think it's uh, it's eight or nine. I know that this is, I, I think this is the, uh, oh, I don't know, I, it's, we've done this a lot. But, but what the cool thing is, is that this show is actually the anniversary of Poetry Superhighway, regardless of what the right year is. The very first Poetry Superhighway live event we did was this conversation with our judges a number of years ago. So happy anniversary to us and to any Poetry Superhighway Live regular frequenters. Poetry Superhighway, of course, is much older than that. It has a long gray beard on it. It's, it's uh, started in 1997, I believe. Uh, that, that number, I'm pretty sure, is correct, even without having it in front of me on my notes. Embarrassing being me and trying to say things which sound correct when in fact they probably aren't. Uh, so we do this show every month. Typically it's an open reading as I mentioned. In fact our next open reading will be uh, in two weeks on August 16th. So if you uh, have a poem that you'd like to read uh, that's the day to call in 
and uh, we don't have any content or star restrictions. And we do that every month, and you can check out all of our past shows as well in the archives. So uh, in case you're, uh, it's the middle of the week and you just want to hear an hour of people from all over the world reading their poetry, then uh, there's plenty of hours of that because, as mentioned, we've done it every month for quite some time. And also we're open for... Uh, your ideas. If you have an idea uh, for a show that you think would be cool on Poetry Superhighway Live, uh, send me an email, rick at poetrysuperhighway.com, and I'd love to talk with you about it and see if we can't put something together that, uh, that you host, that you orchestrate, that you think would be of specific interest to poets and writers. Um, we'd love to get that going. So, um, as mentioned, we just launched our contest. It's the 18th year of, of the contest. Um, one of the cool things about this contest, as you may know, is that every single year we've done it, we've been able to give every single person who's entered a prize just for entering. And we do that thanks to the generosity of the many sponsors who sign up every year. So what that means is if you enter the contest and you don't win, you don't become one of the top three scoring poets, you're still going to get a prize just for entering. You're going to get... Um, a book of poetry, you're going to get a magazine, you're going to get a subscription to something, a consultation, something is going to come to you just for having entered. Um, this year we have 47 sponsors so far who have signed up to uh, offer prizes to all of our contest entr entrants. We have 94 prizes uh, in place. Uh, so, uh, so there you go. Uh, be, one of our, uh, be one of our contest entrants and you'll definitely get a prize just for entering. Maybe, uh, you know, it's not too late to get in as a sponsor as well. If you've got even just a single book of poetry that you'd like to donate, one copy of one book, um, that's really all it takes. Um, of course, we're more than happy if you can donate more than one thing because uh, it just helps us ensure that we can get out the, the you know, get a prize to every single person who enters. But basically, you sign up online, you agree to send out the, the prize, uh, you will send directly to the contest and will send you names and addresses of the people. As contest is click on that and right there. If that gets confusing, send me an email and I'll send you the right link. And there you go. So, so we've got 47 sponsors so far, 94 prizes donated all kinds of really cool things. You can see what they all are on our contest page. I want to give a particular shout out uh, to Roland Vassen, who's a, a Southern California poet, who's donated 250 to the contest. So that's not something we're going to send out to a random contest entrant. That's going to basically be something we add to the prize between the top three scoring poets as uh, as scored by our judges and uh, the first place winner will get 50% of that the second place winner will get 30% of that and the third place winner will get 20% of that so on top of that so say 500 you know uh, dollars worth 500 contrast entries come in which means that's 500 dollars of entry fees, which will be divided up. Um, Roland Vassen has donated $250, so that means that $750 will be divided up between the top three scoring poets. So, so that's pretty cool. 
Um, and this is a completely not-for-profit contest. 100% of the money that, that comes in from entry fees goes right back out to the contest uh, entrance, and I mean to the three winners, I should say. Um, and in fact, it, it costs us a little bit of money because a lot of people pay with PayPal, and uh, the PayPal takes a little bit of fees. So uh, don't get me wrong, no one's going hungry over here as a result of those PayPal fees. Uh, but just so you know, we're not breaking in the profit uh, for this contest. All right, so let's get to uh, our judges. Uh, we have um, on the line one of our judges so far, uh, but last year's contest winners are um, this year's contest judges. Um, those three folks are Lisette Alonzo from Hialeah, Florida, who won first place in last year's contest. Um, and she's actually won second place in the 2000 contest, so this is her second time on board as a judge of our contest and her second time placing in one of our contests, which is pretty cool. Um, Richard Whitaker won as Bill West. She won. She also won. 2011 and was a judge in the 2000. So first year we two who previously placed and who've previously been judges. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, in particular, when you consider that hundreds of people enter the contest with hundreds of poems, and their poems were scored by completely different sets of judges. So. Uh, kudos to uh, Lisette and Amber for uh, for being repeat offenders, both repeat winners of our contest and repeat judges, as chosen by uh, by uh, completely different sets of people. So that brings us to Richard, who's a first-time offender here on Poet in, in our Poetry Super Highway contest, uh, calling from Bellingham, Washington. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be with you. Um, so. Uh, you, I, I'm not sure. I, I know Lisette is kind of uh, traveling right now, and she's um, and, um, will hopefully be able to call in in a little while. Um, I, I'm not sure what happened to Amber, but uh, uh, hopefully she'll uh, she'll call in soon. But um, you're, uh, uh, I guess, you don't have the benefit of their previous poetry superhighway judging experience, and and the onus is all on you this afternoon so far, being the only one on the show. How does that make you feel? I got it i got to tell you that sometimes the fall, things are fading in and out. I'm not doing everything. Okay. Well, um, gosh, I'm not sure why that's happening, but I hope it doesn't, uh, I hope it, it doesn't prevent, uh, uh, prevent you from hearing too much of what I'm asking. Um, I can hear, we can hear you just fine, by the way. Can you tell me, tell, tell me a little bit, a bit about yourself, uh, where you live and what you do for a living? Well, Bellingham is about... 90 miles north of Seattle, about 30 miles from the Canadian border. It's it's on the water, and you've got huge mountains about 75 miles away. You've got Mount Baker, which is about uh, it's over 10,000 feet high. So we've got mountains, we've got water. Relative to the rest of the country, mild winters, mild rainy winters, and so it's 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 a be it's a beautiful place. 
That's great. I, you know, one doesn't look at the north, the great northwest of the United States, and think that that it's mild weather. So I guess you're uh, you're lucky in that sense. Yeah, mild, but lots of rain. But we're ha- we're in the middle of a heat spell and a dry, very dry spell. There were lots of fires up in British Columbia, and for a while it was very smoky down here. The smart, the smoke was blowing down here. We got a little rain the other day, our first rain in quite a while. Very odd summer. Very nice. The week in Ireland where it's weather, we... But in this particular case, it was sunny. of everyone that I was in the Leprechaun Museum, not as an exhibit, by the way, uh, just as a participant. Um, he said to me uh, that he hopes that we get back to proper Irish weather soon because no one should have to see an Irishman's knees. Huh. So there you go. Um, I missed some of what you said. I heard the last part about the Irishman, but some of it is it's like a call is being interrupted or fading out, and I wonder if I should call you on a landline instead of the cell phone. Um, it, it could be my connection as well, so I'm, I'm not really sure, but uh, uh, well, we may just have to make the, the best of it. Um, um, but So do, do you, do you um, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm retired now. Uh, my biggest part of my experience was in social service. I worked with it mentally ill. Before that, I was an English teacher. I did other things also. English teacher. So you, you've sort of been involved with, with writing and poetry as, as your, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it, I've been doing it since I was about 16 years old. I won some prizes when I was in college that really encouraged me that I didn't published a few things when I was in college. I persisted during some hard times in my 20s and then wrote more more in my 30s, 40s. From there, I wrote a novel, written several books of poems. I've got a new book of poem I, poems I've completed, and I've been sending it out to some contests. Great. Well, you know, certainly you had uh, um, good success in last year's contest, so um, so it's it must be going pretty pretty well for you. Um, so when did you say you, you said you've been at it since you were sixteen? Did you actually start writing poetry yeah. at sixteen years old? Yeah, I started writing poetry. Uh, I, I also wrote some short stories in college, but didn't feel very confident about them in my. Forties, I wrote a novel, which actually started out as a short story, or I thought it was a short story. But the teacher in the class, woman named Linda Shore, thought it's got to be a novel. You've raised too many complex issues. So nine years later, it was a novel, and about fifteen years after that, it finally got published. It's, it's about a geologist, and it's, it's funny and it's sad, and it's called not sedimentary, it's called sedimental journey. You know, I'm going to take a sedimental journey. 
Wow, Richard, I didn't expect a show in addition to a conversation. So I, I feel like uh, this is this is quite a bonus uh, for me and for uh, the folks listening. Thank you so much. Um, cool. Well, I'm talking with Richard Whitaker, who's uh, one of the judges of this year's Poetry Superhighway Poetry Contest. Um, and we're hearing from him about his uh, journey uh, through poetry. And we're going to hear a poem from him in a couple of minutes and uh, get some insights from him about what it uh, what it uh, what he's looking for when he's uh, reading through your poems and I just want to remind everyone if you'd like to call in uh, to ask uh, a question feel free the number is 646-716-7362 would be more than happy to uh, to let you ask a question directly to Richard about uh, his process in terms of scoring and, and reading poems for our contest um, or if you have a question for me about the, the Contest or the guidelines or, or anything of that nature. I was looking. <coughs> excuse me. I was looking at our guidelines and I realized I didn't practice the the, the golden rule of poetry, which is the economy of language in in uh, writing the guidelines. Uh, so there's a lot there to read and get through to make sure that you're uh, entering the contest uh, uh, correctly to, uh, to 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 make our process smooth. So if anything. Or read them all to call me uh, or to, to call in to ask a question as well. Um, all right, so uh, Richard, you you entered last year's contest and uh, yeah. uh, you came in a sec you, you came in second. Um, congratulations again on that. Um, do you, do you, so do you, you said you do you do you enter a lot of contests? No, not very many. I've been entering book contests. As I told you, I finished this book, but. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't entered very many. A friend told me about this contest, so I decided to give it a try. Well, and it, and it was your first time entering. Uh, first time entering Poetry Superhighway, yes. Well, that's uh, that's pretty good, uh, considering that you play second uh, in it. So, uh, well done there. Uh, in terms of, so you you've entered other contests. Is there is there anything about the Poetry Superhighway contest that that stands out as as different uh, uh, that you, you can talk about? Well, and it's okay if there isn't. By the way, I did. I guess I put you on the spot there. But uh, can you tell me specifically about your experience in our contest besides winning? Uh, uh, versus entering other contests. So, from what you know about our contest compared to others, well, this may seem very uh, mundane, but the price was much less than other contests. It's typically a lot more, so it was you know easy to send off the three or four poems to you. That that was probably the the thing that stood out that made it different from others. The 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 price for entering the the one dollar per poem entry fee. Yeah, yeah. I'm used to contests that I don't know. You, it's much more per poem, or you, or you have to send ten or twenty dollars to enter. Well, we, you know, we we do. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, and we do try to make the contest accessible to as many people as possible. One of the the, the main mission of Poetry Superhighway is to uh, expose as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible, and uh, so by having a contest which is Easy to enter. That's you know, at least in terms of the price. That's uh, that's uh, right right along the lines of that mission. If you if you have one dollar, you can enter. If you feel like entering ten poems for ten bucks, you can do that as well. Now, um, the the prizes are randomly distributed. I know, of course, you got the entry fee 
uh, you know, your your share of the entry fee for for winning second place. Did you do you remember getting anything else? Uh, no, just the, the second prize. That was that was more than enough. That paid for me to well to enter some of those book contests I told you about. Oh, that's kind of like uh, when you win in the lottery, just putting your uh, your winnings back into more lottery tickets. That's kind of it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see. Um, so um, again, I'm talking with Richard Whitaker, who's one of the judges of the Poetry Superhighway contest. Our number, if you'd like to call in and ask a question to him or to me about the contest, is 646-716-733. Six two. Who are your favorite uh, uh, authors, poetry in particular? Well, there've been so many over the years. Lately, I've been reading Lee Young Lee, and I've been reading Joe Stroud, and another one of my favorites is Patricia Hooper. I'll read a poem of hers when when you ask me to read later. When you ask me a poem, of, read a poem of someone else's. Cool. That's actually. Would you say uh, if you could dip back into your very first uh, uh, involvement in poetry, was it those same names of, of, of your favorite authors, or who struck you from from the beginning? Uh, well, from the beginning, when I was sixteen years old, I liked E. E. Cummings and T. S. Eliot. Uh, e. E. Cummings because he was so funny and quirky and romantic at the same time, and and T.S. Eliot because, uh, well, I guess I, I because he was so depressing. I kind of liked that stuff when I was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know that's uh, that's the job of a teenager to uh, to to latch onto that sensibility. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you know, of course, E.E. E. Cummings is is kind of funny and quirky before you even actually read the words. You can just sort of see on the page the you know, repetition of letters and sounds and things like that. So, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think both of those things really fit to a young person's sensibility when they're, when they're looking at, at something, it's just, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's sort of, I don't know why it is, but in particular, young poets tend to, uh, this is a stereotype, of course, and, and there's probably every young poet who's listening is going to disagree, but um, a lot of the younger poet work that I get submitted, you know, tends to be that, Sort of darker, heavy, depressing stuff, you know, and and um, then the uh, uh, but then we're also kind of really attracted when we're younger to the stuff that seems different and out of the box, etc. So uh, so there you go. All right. Well, um, uh, why don't you go ahead and and read uh, that that poem by the author you mentioned? The one by Patricia Hooper, I mentioned. Yeah. Okay, it's from her book. Aristotle's Garden, and this is the first poem in Patricia Hooper's book. It's called The World Book. When the woman in blue surge held up the sun, my mother opened the storm door, taking the whole volume of S into her hands. The sun shone as the sun should, and we sat down at the table, leafing through silks and shifts, saints and subtraction. We passed Scotland and Spain, streetcars and seeds, and even the seven wonders, until the woman who owned them skipped to the solar system and said, it could be ours. My mother thought while I held my breath. 
And while she was writing the check for everything, A through Z, I noticed the room with its stove and saucers and spoons. I was wearing a sweater and skirt and shoes. And there at the window, the sun was almost as clear as it was in the diagram, where its sunspots, 93 million miles from the earth, and only a page from Sumatra, were swirling. The woman stood up, swinging it shut, and drove down the street to leave us in Saginaw, where I would wait for the world to arrive. And each morning, walking to school, I believed in the day it would come, when we'd study Sweden or stars, and I'd stand at the head of the classroom and take the words of the world from my satchel, explaining the secret. That's from really Peter cool poems. Yeah, isn't that nice? So playful with all those sounds and rolling through all the things of Earth from the solar system and then coming down in good old Saginaw, Michigan. Yeah, I love the, the juxtaposition of like world wonders and the, the grandeur of some of the things that are there right up against, you know, the uh, the everydayness of, of paying for all the items and, and, and Saginaw, et cetera. Really uh, nice. So tell me, why, why? I'm sorry, I'm not hearing you now. You see Richard. Yeah. Hello. 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 I, I lost you for a while there. I couldn't hear it, and Linda, my partner, couldn't hear you on the computer either. So. Okay. Well, it might be something with my connect. Might my connection. I have to look into that. Wait, uh, maybe maybe during the next segment. Hold on, just one moment. The 408 okay. area. Hello? 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 Hey, Rick, it's Mary. Hello, who's this? Who? Mary, how you doing? Mary. Mary. Mary, do you. Question for uh, for Richard about the contest. Um. Hey Rick. Hey Richard. I'm sorry. Are you? Um. Hello. I just called in to say hi to you guys and and tell you how much I love your contest. Really. Oh, that's that's really cool. So you don't have a you don't have a, a question for for Richard or me about the contest. Um. Actually, I do, Rick. Um. How did you? Because I'm. I've, I sub, what do you call it? I send in my poetry for a, to a lot of contests, and I'm a judge in several contests. And yours seems really finite how you figure it all out and complicated to me, but obviously you have a, a system that you do it, which always impresses me because I usually come in in the top 10, and so it's kind of impressive since it, judges have to do it in a much more, am I making any sense, Rick? You're making sense. Asked a question. I'm not sure what I'm to say. Sorry. We turn it. 
Would you mind turning down the computer because there's a delay and we're hearing the show in the background of like several seconds in delay. So if you could just listen on the phone, that would be really helpful. Um, okay. So uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll you, go you, into another room. I'm sorry, Rick, because what Richard was saying earlier, it this I listen to your broadcast all the time, and this one is kind of fading in and out. I have to agree with Richard that it's fading in and out, like we hear you and then okay. we don't hear. Okay. Understood. Do you do you have a question though for for me or for Richard? Okay, yes, because that's what you're here for. How did you come up with the formula? Wh which like formula do you mean? Um, meaning, isn't there like the judges all have to come up with, like the contest that I'm judge a judge in, Rick, we have to come up with first, second, third honorable mentions, and they send you hundreds of, things and that's what you do but yours seems like it goes into a much more there's like a formula like the judges have to rate them on you know a certain thing and then it has to go through another phase or isn't that kind of the way it goes well yeah, um, if i can speak for a minute go ahead uh we're asked to to rate the rate the poems numerically from one to five with five being the highest and you can use decimals it's a little hard. It was a little hard for me at first to translate my subjective reactions into numbers. But I, as I was reading the poems, I thought that there was somewhere I thought this is okay, this is good, this is very good, this is very good, and hey, this one knocks me out. Not, those are the ones I'm looking for. There's a few that turn me off that are at the bottom of the numbers, where somebody's ranting or is kind of not. They don't seem very interested in poetry, but more themselves, but that's sort of my bias. Uh, what I look for is there are poems that I like on the first reading, and they have something about them that makes me go back and read them again and again and again. And those, yeah, yeah. Those get my five. Yeah. And, did, and so, Rick, did you said in the beginning, because um, that's how I do it, too, if I judge things, but, I, but then... Some go on the floor right to begin with because I just think they're not. I think that we're subjective as judges too because there's going to be certain things that resonate for us that might not for somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Sure, you can't help so, that. Yeah. But anyway, the way Rick has figured this out and extends it to the winners who then become judges, it seemed complicated at first, but now your explanation is I, I understand it a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that clears it up. And and by the way, I just uh, uh, switched uh, uh, connections, so hopefully um, I won't be uh, fading in and out as much. But if I am, please do let me know. I'm not sure what else I can do about it at this point. But yeah, Richard summed it up perfectly in terms of how the contest works. I mean, it's it's pretty much uh, I I don't ask them to do anything specific outside of give me a score back and 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 whatever system they use as long as they're consistent with themselves is the system that I want them to use. Uh, so, Which might mean that all three judges are using three different uh, systems altogether, though they all have to return a score zero to five using quarter point intervals. Um, and you know, as long as they're using, they're consistent to their own system, and they provide a score that that they come up with that's that's relatively consistent to what they're doing. Um, all three of those scores get added together, um, 
and then at the end of the contest, I I, I sort the the total of the scores, and uh, we you know some you know several rise to the top. If there's a second round of scoring necessary, um, usually there there is, and it would be probably just between a couple of poems that tie just to determine the top three positions. I'll ask them to go back and score those same the tying poems between zero and ten, and that helps us determine who the winners are. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Now it does. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you both. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, go ahead, Richard. Uh, poems I've been reading so far, I they're I've been pleasantly surprised. They're they're almost all of them accessible on a first reading. Oh, cool. And so it, it has. There's only been a few that have been painful to read, or just so long that I lost interest, but the vast majority of them are, are, are meeting my, they're at least okay, and some say, I go, that's good, and yeah. there's some that are more special. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool you're already getting them. I'm always last minute Annie, as Rick well knows, and I'm like, usually the last week or day, I'm like sending them in, so God bless the people well, was, get them in early. I was a, I was away for a week, so I had to catch up. So I've been reading a lot yeah, of Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I'm so excited. I remember your poem from, I always listen when Rick reads, I mean, when Rick tells about the winners and the, the judges uh-huh. and the new judges, and I, I remember your poem very well. And so congratulations, and I'm excited to be sending something in eventually. <laughs> well, thanks. thanks for calling in. Okay. All right, Rick. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Are you there, Rick? I can't hear. All right, Richard. Sorry, uh, I am having some connection troubles here, so I apologize for the the silence there. And I'm just, uh, Richard. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to do about this because I uh, I'm, I'm uh, but uh, we'll plug forward and hopefully uh, it it still works. So anyway, thanks, Mary, for okay. calling in. And um, moving on. All right. Um, uh, so, Richard, you read a poem by uh, another poet, uh, which was a wonderful poem. Um, uh, would you mind reading another poem of of yours, not necessarily the one that won last year's uh, poem, but one that you, your, you, whatever, whatever poem that you selected? Please uh, share that one with us. Okay, I'm gonna read one that you posted on Poetry Superhighway earlier this year. It's called Five Deutschmarks. As prompts for our poems this morning, you offer snapshots and one coin, an eagle, wings outspread. Who pulled it from the fire, this broken song? You can't know I'm learning my Hebrew consonants like stones, vowels, dots, and dashes. No, you can't know my high school girlfriend's father, a courtly man with blue numbers on his wrist, never talked about the Holocaust. 
Perhaps you've heard Roosevelt refuse to bomb the train tracks leading to the death camps. I know almost nothing about the side of my family that vanished. In your photo, cherry trees blossom in Munich. In an art gallery near the Tiergarten, citizens gaze at abstract paintings on white walls. At a train station in Paris under fluorescent lights, men and women file off a ghost gray train. And I wonder if on Rosh Chodesh, evening of a new moon just minted, a certain angel rides above train stations asking why, and another angel asks why not. That earlier than this year, but uh, let me know why you uh, selected that particular piece. Well, I haven't read it aloud before, and I thought I would try reading it because it's an important one for me. That's interesting. Uh, the idea of reading poems aloud is uh, is particularly interesting to me because I participate in a lot of readings uh, here in Southern California. Up in uh, Bellingham, do you do you get out to readings at all? Yeah, there's a bookstore here called Village Books that's it sponsors like over 200 readings a year. It's a wonderful place, and there are, there are other open mic venues, and there are open mic venues in town. I go I go to one of those every month or two. Great, and you so you have the experience of reading your work in front of other people, etc. Do you think there's a difference in uh, in uh, the way poetry is received when it's when it's spoken versus uh, versus seen on a page, I, uh, for I just in terms of the contest, I'm just wondering if somehow every every entrant got to actually read their poem to you or send a recording to it. Do you think that the the score might be different, or it might affect the way that you perceive it differently? Well, yeah. When you're at when you're at a poetry reading, uh, well, there are kind of two schools of thoughts on how to do it. Some people, they try to perform their poems. Sometimes they'll memorize it, and their acting and their stage ability can really count for a lot, and you don't have that on the page. I've been so far trying to read the poems aloud that come in, although it's, it's time-consuming, but I went to this conference last week, and, and poems that were sent to me that I read on screen, on the screen online, I had very different reactions when I heard them read aloud in my class, so I, it, it's made me go back to what I always did at the start, reading poems aloud, and I, I've always written my poems meaning to read them aloud. I, I, I'm not the type of person who performs a lot of the poetry reading. I, I can, but I like to try and let the poem and the words carry it. Uh, I mean, the way, the, way I, the, way I, the way I read my poem and Patricia Hooper's poem is... is it's probably about the way you'd, you'd, you'd see me read it. I try to let my let the words and my voice carry it, not my kind of acting out or performing it. You know, I don't use a lot of gestures or that kind of thing. Right. Well, that's it's interesting to hear you say that you try to read the poems out loud that that come in. Um, I, I guess. Uh, um, well, there's, you know, there's of course an ancient connection uh, between uh, uh, poetry as performance, and and you know, in many times it was written and meant to be performed. So I, I'm wondering if that gives any special insight to the people considering. And I'm losing the connection again, Rick. 
Okay, well, I'll just but I'll do the. Can you come uh, the things that you, so far uh, you're you're all caught up and there were think about seven poems. Can you hear me, Richard? I can now, but there was half a minute or a minute where I couldn't hear you. I hear you now. Okay. Um, yeah, I wish I, I knew what to do about that at this point, but um, uh, can you comment on the poems that you've received so far? You, there, about 77 poems have come in, and uh, you, you've read them all and scored them. Uh, what, what do you have to say about what, what you've seen so far? Well, they're, they're mostly accessible, as I said, and I've liked most of them. Uh, I think only one or two got a five out of five of the 77 poems that they were ones that made me want to go back and read them again, as I said. And I I have to say that, you know, when I talk about reading poems aloud, it's not important to some poets, but it's important to me that the sounds and the, and the music of the words uh, I guess I have a bias in favor of that. I like that, and I like that in poems. And I, I don't see an awful lot of poems doing that. So if anybody mm. has poem, poems like that, I like I like those. I don't know if others do. Well, that is a good insight for people uh, uh, selecting their poetry. Uh, to, you know, selecting what poems they want to enter the contest, knowing exactly what you're looking for. Um, so cool. Um, is there anything else in particular that you're looking for when you're you're reading the poems? I understand you like them accessible. Um, you like the, I guess, the musicality of the language when you hear them out loud. Is there anything else that, that in particular you're looking for in the, in the content of a poem? Well, a few poems made me laugh. I like that. Uh, but uh, I think the thing to think about when you're sending into a contest where you know, the, the the reader isn't going to see your performance of it. it. The words on the on the on the page or on the screen have to do it. It's there are many times I go to open mics and and I'll I'll like what somebody has read, but my reaction is you know it's a good read aloud poem, but it's also good on the page. Is it going to be good without the authors there performing it for you? And does it have something? I don't know some mystery some force some impact that makes you want to return to it. Because whatever it is that makes us read poems, it isn't, I mean, it's nice to have them be accessible like ordinary speech, but there's also, there's got to be something more. It's like poetry isn't exactly the same as ordinary speech. It's got to hit us in some way. Can you hear me? I'm not hearing you. I'm so sorry, Richard. I'm I'm having lots of connection issues. This is uh this is unfortunate. This hasn't happened before on a Poetry Superhighway live broadcast. Uh, uh, but my connection keeps uh, keeps quitting. Uh, but uh, I am back. Hopefully, you can hear me at this point. Yes, I can now. Okay. Well, um, we we've got 15 minutes left. Let's see if we can we can get out alive. Um. All right. So, uh, is there we'll anything? Do it. We will. Good, good. I appreciate your confidence. Is there anything 
um, besides uh, what you've mentioned so far that might contribute to um, the score of a poem going going up or down, uh, things like mechanics or spelling or errors or, or even the, the format of the poem or anything like that that you can comment on? Well, so far the spelling or mechanics have, have not been an issue. I've only noticed a few typos, but yeah, they do make me... My, my bias is if somebody hasn't proofread it carefully, they're not being very careful about the whole thing, so that I do. And it's obviously not the major thing that I look for. Uh, I forget what else, what, what was the rest of it that you asked me? What? Uh, mechanics, spelling, uh, the, the, the form of the, of the poem on the, on, the, on the page, I guess they've all been very similar uh, in that sense. Uh, anything that might make a, a score go up or down? Well, I, I'm not exactly a type of poet that cares as much as others do about the visual form on the page. Uh, but I really look for, aside from what I've told you, there's got to be something kind of original about the, the voice because, you know, I'm reading many poems and there's one that's got to stand out. And, and voice is a funny thing. I mean, they used to call it style, but now people talk about finding their voice as if, you know, you know, as, as if you're kind of a, a, a lost man with a lantern searching for your voice that's out there. Mm. Uh, voice is a very mysterious thing that comes from a lot of years practicing doing it and rejecting some choices, making others, and caring about both what you have today and caring about the language, reading other poets. And somehow you make all of this distinctively your own, and it doesn't sound like other people. It's what it's what you have to say, and, and nobody else can duplicate it. So those are the ones that jump out at me. That's interesting. Well, the, the question about the individual voice of the poet, really, really, or your comment on that, I should say, leads to my next question, which, which is this. It's, you know, on Poetry Superhighway, I read a lot of poetry every week, um, some of which I, I love, some of which I don't. And in particular, sometimes I publish poems which aren't in the particular style that I necessarily gravitate to as a reader, but I see the poet's own voice, own style, and quality in it, which I think um, will work of, you know, something that I would say, okay, this maybe isn't my particular kind of poem, but I think it's worth publishing. Do you, so I would suspect in the contest you get, you're, you're seeing a lot of poems, um, you know, some of which you, you, you know, re relate to in, in terms of style and voice, and some of which you don't necessarily don't for the ones that you don't necessarily uh, don't connect with you know because it's not your particular voice or style do, are you able to, to to see them on on their own terms is there kind of a universality to a good poem even if it's not your particular style well I like many different types of poems uh, I, I I guess my, my bias is I I, I haven't seen much of this so far. I tend not to like the kind of experimental stuff in the sense of there's some people writing poems now who don't really uh, believe that a poem communicates anything to a reader. It's more like a an experiment with words, kind of like abstract art. It doesn't represent anything. Uh, I'm glad people, you know, are interested in doing experiments, but my bias, I haven't tended to be too interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, 
Uh, am I answering your question? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you've talked about, you know, it, I guess you, you like all kinds of poems, or so, or except maybe for the the more experimental ones you mentioned. Um, and um, so, I guess from what you've seen so far, the issue of something being in, in per se a different voice isn't really an issue because you've 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 have been able to judge or, or you know read the poems on their own terms and come up with a score, you know, accordingly. Yeah, they've they've pretty much all been accessible. A few at the bottom end of the scale seemed like personal rants that weren't really, I don't know, imagination didn't seem to really come into play as much. And I got tired tired of that. I get tired when I feel someone's ranting at me. But there are only one or there are only maybe three out of the seventy-seven poems that were like that. I've enjoyed the vast majority of them. That's great, and I know, uh, in particular, since so many came right at the beginning, uh, you know that it 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 uh, for you to be able to have that kind of perception of them uh, with such a, a large batch to read from the get go um, is is a is a good thing, um, and I and I hope that that you're able to continue that sensibility as the contest uh, goes on. In particular, the last couple of weeks is when we tend to get the the largest number uh-huh. of poems in all at once, but. Uh, you know, it's a little slower in the middle, but uh, you know, leading up to the the roughly five to six hundred poems, which is what we we tend to get every year. So that's what you have to look forward to, um, I should say. Do you have any? If if you were to give any advice to people who are entering um, this contest, um, is, do you have any specifics that you could you could throw out? Well, even though we're 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 telling uh, readers. You know, our likes and dislikes, I still would say, send what you think is your best. Send the ones that mean the most to you, that you, know, that, that you really like. I mean, maybe others have told you they're good, too. Uh, you know, it, it's usually a good idea to have some somebody else look at your poems before you send them out, for, for most people anyway, unless you're Walt Whitman or Emily Dickinson. But, uh, yeah, send what, you, send what you like the best of your stuff. That's a that's good, honest, and and open uh, advice that I think anyone listening would find would find encouraging. Do you do you have any? I mean, it... the other thing is take a risk. Don't send what you think is the safest thing. Send what matters to you. That you've put something of yourself into. You feel this advice. is really it. This... Losing connection again. Hi, Richard. Sorry, just having a lot of uh, connection issues. Thanks, everyone, for bearing with us uh, during during this uh, sure. uh, awkward awkward sure. show that's that's happening. A new experience for me on Poetry Superhighway Live and with Blog Talk Radio. I assure you, appointed letters will be written to uh, various people who control technology uh, in in the world as a result of this. Um, so uh, I just la- we just got a few minutes left here. Um, you, you gave some advice for people considering entering the contest. Do you have any uh, general advice for people on on who are writers on on writing or publishing in general? Well, writing and publishing. I I don't know what to say on that general advice to take. Take classes. Try to find other poets you 
can have as friends, exchange your work with, either critique groups or or performing your poems at open mics. Uh, be reading poetry a lot. Uh, my one of my biases at, at some of some open mics I've attended, a few people don't seem to have been interested in poetry that much. They're more interested in performing. That's my own. That's that's my bias against a few of the things I've heard. But keep reading, keep reading, and keep trying, keep writing. Uh, try to find a support group. It's it's a funny way to refer to it as a support group, but uh, but I you know that you've basically given the exact advice that I give to folks when they ask about this, which is to read as much poetry as you can, because I don't I don't think you can be an artist of any kind without immersing yourself in the world of that art and seeing what other people do, because you're you're bound to come up with stuff that you like and and stuff that or, or see stuff that you like and see stuff that you don't like, and a hundred percent of that informs your own voice in one way or, or another. I think it's impossible to grow your voice as a poet without exposing yourself to other people's poetry. And on top of that, the other piece is, is of sharing your work with other people, whether it's cohorts or individual friends or, as you say, support groups, which in this case might be open readings or, or circles of folks who get together and share work to, to you know, workshops and that kind of thing. Um, it's just it's great to have the feedback of other, other people uh, who don't have your sensibility to to uh, understand uh, your your own work better, so uh, really great advice. Actually, starting especially since you started with you don't know what to say. You gave some really solid, g- good advice on on that. Um, with the couple minutes we have left, sure. Do you have anything you uh, you want to plug? A website or a book or upcoming reading or anything? Well, I want to thank you for uh, inviting me. Thank you for uh, featuring my book, The Way Home, on your on your website, if it's all right, I'll read you a poem that'll take you take about one minute, if that's okay. Sure, go ahead. Okay, it's the title poem, The Way Home. And let's see, I'm flipping the page to it here. Just a second. Richard Whitaker is going to bring us out with a poem from his book, The Way Home, called The Way Home, uh, and then we'll we'll say a little bit of a goodbye after it. Uh, uh, go ahead, Richard. Okay, The Way Home. Sometimes when I walk home on the road, mist sits in the hills, dividing their dark green from darker green. There's the lake, then hills and mist, and hills and sky. The white mist like a river floating sideways up the hills, spread out in billows, thinning into bits and scraps. It's as if things have become clearer, more themselves. The gray sky lets in more light than I expect. It seems so close, piled up on the hills like a second lake. Someday I'll go far away, not on a road, maybe deeper into green and white, and there won't be windows, door sills, paper, socks, or spoons. A world without spoons is a glorious vision for the future, Richard. Thank you so much for uh, being on our show today, and uh, thank you very much for for holding down the fort uh, when the other two judges couldn't uh, couldn't make it. Uh, um, I really appreciate that. You gave some really
connection again.